Hey, welcome back to The Socialist Shelf. It's the podcast where we care about good fiction and changing the world. I'm Jacob, and like I said last week, unfortunately, Joss is out. Uh, you'll have to listen to the episode for explanation why. Something to do with uh, woolly mammoth-related surgery. It's not a big deal. But we have a guest on this week. Um, it's a fellow by the name of D. Mason. Um, I, he can introduce himself, but, uh, you know, just to speak on it a little bit um i believe uh d mason is a forest mage um he's uh you know sort of a, a master of the uh of the arts of the woodlands uh sort of a uh from from if you follow him on twitter you'll know what i'm talking about but yeah, yeah go ahead and introduce yourself mason yeah uh most folks know me on twitter as d mason and um i in engage in and practice uh dirt dirt magic whenever yeah, i'm yeah. not working my ass off uh but mm-hmm. yeah try to show folks how to find food and medicine in the woods and i do a little bit of writing uh and and a whole lot of reading on the subject and that sort of thing um but i'm excited to step out of that and and talk about uh something else reading reading along another very important subject uh which is uh shit i don't even know where to start with this book yeah Hell yeah. And I mean, both of us are kind of, both of us are kind of like, you know, both of us, I think come kind of from like the fantasy junkie kind of side of things. So this isn't the kind of thing that like, I I would all the time pick up on my own, but man, I am glad I did. Yeah. uh, Because shoot. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Something else. Yeah. Uh, yeah, um, We are talking about the jungle by Upton Sinclair. It's a book that was published in 1905. So this is, a, you know, the oldest book we've discussed so far. Um, you know, we're talking about a, uh, I'm trying to think of what's second most, but yeah, no, it's not, it's more than 100 years old, 118 years old, uh, year old book made by uh, Upton Sinclair, who is, some people call him the first muckraker journalist. Um, he saw this book, even though it was fictional, he was, he saw it as a work of journalism because he didn't include anything in this book that he didn't even either see with his own eyes or get from a reputable source that it happened to somebody. Now it kind of all happens to the same couple folks in this book because, (laughs) uh, but, uh, yeah. And, and, but the thing is, it's, I, I don't find the book to be like completely unbelievable, even though they go through sort of some incredible trials, but yeah, it's, well, it's, you've done factory work, right? You, oh, you've, yeah, been I have. It. you've been in it, you know what time it is. Not, not, not a meat, not, not on a meat processing floor that that's like some right. other stuff, but <laughs> I worked course. on um, transmissions um, to doing, putting sealant on transmissions day in and day out. Um, I think anybody who has been in a factory setting and worked, uh, you know, in, in this kind of um, any, anybody who's done that kind of work, uh, big, big company work like that, I think we'll we'll be able to see, you know, and, and identify with with this kind of stuff, really like 100%. May not, we've come a long way. Sure. But God, man. <laughs> yeah, but but and we'll talk about it, but we've come a long way. But it was it was through, you know, victories. It had to be won. It wasn't. Right. The, the the things that have gotten better have been, you know, through struggle, you know. Right. Uh, but yeah, this book uh, came out in, like I was saying, it came out in, I have it written down, 1905. But, shoot, one second. I wrote this information down somewhere. That's right. 1904, it actually was originally published, serialized in a newspaper called Appeal to Reason, because five publishers rejected it for being too shocking. <laughs> um, which I understand that, but it was so popular after it was serialized that somebody gave him a deal, published it in 1905, and um, you know it took off. And originally, it had to be censored. They had to take some parts out, especially the last few chapters. A lot of it got censored and changed um, in the original releases. I think a lot of folks who still read it still read the censored version. Um, you wow. can see why, because yep. he. <laughs> Because people like reading about problems, but when he gets into the solutions, people get a little nervous, I think. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Now, now it gets me excited when I read about the solutions. Right. I, I, God, that was so needed there at the end. God, I, I was really, I was really like, honestly, when he, and we'll talk about, but when he starts meeting some folks that like, you know, with some good politics, I was so worried they were going to like, you know, they were going to screw him over too. It seemed, yeah. Uh, I was and it didn't, I was like, I was, I was ready for the, oh man, but yeah, yeah, yeah. but in, I, it was good, you know, and it's, it's good. I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad he walked away with something. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Upton Sinclair, we'll talk on him first and then we'll speak to the book, you know, uh, Mason, just, just pipe in anything you want to say. Uh, but 
He was born in 1878 in Maryland, Umpton Sinclair. His father was an alcoholic liquor salesman. His mother was a strict Episcopalian who was so strict about her religion, she wouldn't even drink coffee. So that's the, a weird dynamic. Wow. And they lived in the same home. <laughs> uh, and they were pretty poor. You know, they weren't, they weren't dirt poor, but they, they uh, you know, he, he, he struggled. But his mother's parents were pretty wealthy. Uh, they, they came from money. And uh, so he would go and visit them on summers and he would see all the, the way the rich lived and then he would come home and they would always be, you know, ah, you know a paycheck from sense. the poorhouse. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So he had that dynamic and there was, of course, a lot of interfamily strife, you know, I mean, he knew all about he knew all about the, you know, knocking heads and all that. But right. he was just, um, you know, an obsessive reader, really loved language. He spoke four languages by the time he was 18. Wow. Um, and uh, he, he would write adventure stories, joke books, pulp novels. He helped pay for like his early college and stuff, writing some of that. They said he averaged about 8,000 words a day when he was writing, Ooh. which is good numbers right there. I mean, like yeah, I, I, if I do a thousand. If, if when I was first, uh, the, the only little bit I had gotten about him was I read something that he at 15, you know, was, was just banging out stories and making, making scratch off of it, like making yep. enough to, you know, yep. to handle his business. Absolutely. Like, insane. And he was writing stuff like adventure stories set in the civil war, or things like that. Like he that's was just so writing crazy. whatever uh, joke, like I said, joke books, just, just whatever came along. And, you know, he, he was making it work, selling it. He was a hustler, you know, he wasn't, yeah. he, he was doing okay. Slogging as a pulp writer. He went to study law in college, just didn't like it very much. And so ended up <laughs> studying English. I don't even know that he graduated, um, but he, he did okay for himself, slogging as a pulp writer until he tried his hand at journalism. And he was doing a little journalism here, a little journalism there. And then he decided, um, you know, everybody's talking about this, this beef trust, this meat trust. I'm going to go check this out. So he goes to Chicago. He spends seven weeks in Chicago working in the, uh, in the stockyards. Uh, writing stuff down, talking with folks, and he decides it would be better than writing an expose would be to write a novel and hit people um, where it hurts. So he wrote The Jungle, and that was uh, that really made made his career. I mean, that sold like insane numbers. We're still talking about it 115 sure. or so years later, yeah. um, and he he did real well for himself. He ironically got pretty wealthy off this book. Wow. Um, and uh. Yeah, he um, and this actually made him pretty. It made him good enough money that he was able to start pursuing politics. You know, after, you wouldn't be shocked to know he's a socialist from this uh, novel. Uh, <laughs> fellow, yeah, he he, did he not ended up around. going into politics. I didn't, I didn't yeah. know about that. Either. Well, wow. he wasn't very successful. <laughs> I see. That's I why see. you haven't heard of him. Okay. Uh, yeah, he ran for senator. I think three times, lost every time. Uh, he tried to start a commune. This is weird, and there's not huh. a lot of information on it in 1910, and it burned down under mysterious circumstances. No one wow. knows exactly what happened. So he had enemies, it looks like. And wow. uh, shoot, he was so famous by when Teddy Roosevelt was in office. Teddy Roosevelt put out a statement in the newspaper saying, quote, I have an utter contempt for that man. He is hysterical, <laughs> unbalanced, and untruthful, end quote. <laughs> you know, that's high praise if the president's coming after you, I think. Yep. <laughs> he's yeah. doing something right <laughs> yep yep he uh and he you know just continued to write continued to write you know books about the oil trusts were big all kinds of stuff he ended up going to jail a couple times doing his protesting helping with strikes because you know things were real going crazy in the 1910s 1920s right that would have been a, a really insane time to be doing these types oh of yeah because uh, like a lot of the laws weren't sorry right, yeah right right oh yeah yeah absolutely so he was going to jail um, and every time he ran for something, he would get more votes than the last time, but he would never win. Um, but he would, and you kind of see it in this novel, even the idea of, well, the socialist doesn't have to win. The socialist has to get more and that there's like this building. So he was part of the American right. socialist party. Um, but in 1934, he gets asked by the democratic party in California, where he's staying at the time to run for governor. And they'll say, we'll adopt most of the socialist ticket. If you run for governor under Democratic Party. Now, that was real contentious at the time huh. because the socialists were like, shoot, no, we're going to do what they did in Russia. Right. We're just right. going to we're going to overthrow the whole thing. And then a lot of the a lot of the more intellectual folks, people like Upton Sinclair, were like, 
well, I, I don't know that that's the conditions we're under here in the United States. Right. So he decides he's going to run as a Democrat. Um, and he runs on the In Poverty in California program. He called it the Epic Campaign. Um, and I mean, he, he lost, uh, but it was it was a near thing. Huh. Uh, he got opposed by everyone in Hollywood. I mean, everyone, uh. <laughs> the original Warner Brothers, everybody. Wow. And there's even a movie um, that came out recently called Mank, where Bill Nye plays him briefly. And it shows wow. him getting mistreated. Uh, and they just lied about him. You know, they just, they did whatever and he lost. And that was kind of the end of his political career. But at that point he had kind of lost credibility with the socialists. A lot of them didn't, didn't think he was like really with it. Like a real revolutionary. Yeah. We were like, Oh, you were electoral. You went with that. So that, that led to some splits and that, and that that's, you can't entirely blame him for that. Uh, but at the same time, you also see where those folks are coming from. Um, and it and it, this was the time where the socialists were getting cracked down on so hard that like right right split. right yeah, yeah. That's, so, that's so interesting uh th- those aspects of it and then also like as you're reading the book and you're seeing like how timely it is you know 100 years later but yeah. but even those aspects like the things you were just discussing and and how it ended up going with him like well, it's, it's yeah. so weird how things cycle cycle around <laughs> yeah man and it, it was a situation where he was talking about in his letters and, and, you know, we're going to quote him enough probably that I won't get into too many quotes, but he was talking about how uh, the markets and shit had reached such a place that there was like an apocalyptic confrontation coming within capitalism. And of course in us, we're ble- reading about the 1930s, we know great depression, then world uh-huh. war two, which uh-huh. is closest thing to, you know, judgment day is anything that's ever happened <laughs> yep. in all of history, even still. And he's talking about that. And so, he ends up, uh, you know, a lot of his policies end up from the Epic campaign getting adopted by um, FDR. FDR, of yeah, course. and he waters and he waters them down a good deal because you right. know, and also you know, one thing that he does is it's you know we always got to point it out when we talk about the New Deal is you know he cuts a lot of uh, you know he cuts a lot of non-white folks out of the deal. Yeah. He he does all that. Um, you know, FDR is no socialist, but right, right. he does implement these reforms like social security and things like that, or, or, or starts to uh, these job programs that Upton Sinclair pushed for. And um, so Upton Sinclair even gets cited by multiple people in um, FDR's cabinet for probably some of the reasons they do some of these job programs, some of these environmental programs, things huh. like that. And um and it's and, and it's interesting because he really sees that uh, a lot of people really see that as a way they kind of bought off the working class to some extent. But at the same right. time, it's like, shoot, like, what are you going to do? You've got your backs up against the wall. Uh, I get why you take that deal. But yeah, unfortunately, um, and I don't have much more to say on him here, but unfortunately, as he got a little older and he made more money, he, he got more and more comfortable kind of sitting as like a progressive Democrat. And he never really got back to his radical politics um, after after the 1940s. He even uh, he, he even says like some stupid quotes about the Cold War and America and stuff like he, he got when he got old. He kind of like he had money for too long. Yeah, man. He, he lost the he, he forgot what it was like to be a poor kid, you know, right. I think. Yeah. But uh, he always supported good shit. You know, like he always yeah. was like, we need health care. We need housing. But he stopped having that. We need to throw out the people and started just saying we need to whatever but he died at age 90 real comfortable even lyndon b johnson said some of the great society reforms some of the last decent reforms in the united states were done on account of him so you know we 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 own some of good stuff for some of the reasons this this shit's not like this anymore at least some of it but at the same time we also to me at least i see a little bit of a warning in it even like the most radical fella can absolutely absolutely and you know and about you know how so at that time things were so wild and so uh they seemed like of course everybody believed you know probably back then that uh that things would have would have changed a lot more but we've seen how they had all that energy um and a a writer a socialist writer was really popular all that energy and then you know, however many years later, we're still having the same fight. There was a, there was a, mm-hmm. a diverting and a, and a breaking up and, and, you know, I, there's, there's a lot to it, of course. And it's, you can't just point to any one thing, but the energy got redirected mm-hmm. and the lesson there, you know, about staying focused and, and maybe not, um, 
I mean, I don't know. There's, there's probably a lot of lessons to be learned. Oh, sure, but, sure. Yeah, it's, it's, and, you know, there's a level of like, there's a level of a cycle to it, though, you know, like, right. because you, you, you do see some of the things that he most sharply criticizes here, like child labor and, uh, you know, the diseased meat and this, that and the other. Um, some of that was at least pursued uh, to some extent, right. um, never went away altogether. Right. But, um, for example, the Food and Drug Administration, a big reason that we get that uh, is because of this book. In fact, the, the clean, the clean, uh, clean beef act, I believe it's called, is only passed because of this book. In fact, they cite it on the Congress. I thought floor. so. Yeah, they actually mm-hmm. cited it. And, and isn't it uh, the child labor laws, uh, too? I, it was, I was it was it was uh, that, that was a little bit more complicated, but the, the Pure Food and Drug Act. Okay. is almost directly a result of this book. And the child okay. labor of this book was cited by activists and stuff. I got you. Um, and child labor has always been a, it is, has always been a little more complicated than Food and Drug Administration. You know, they're still trying to put them to work. You dude, know? that's what I was going to say about the cycle. Because it's <laughs> yeah. like eventually the things you win, if you don't change it, it, it it's going to start slipping back. But yeah, the and, and actually Upton Sinclair said, and I think 1907, I meant to hit America in their hearts and I hit them in their stomachs in the reaction to this book because so people crazy. were so disgusted by the. And I mean, for good reason, this, this shit's right. disgusting. Like they could have eaten that, but he said he was really hoping Americans would look at the labor side of it. And some people did, but the average reaction to it was disgust that the meat could be like that. <laughs> um, and I, I mean, while I appreciate uh, the food and drug administration, um, I do, I do, especially someone with a nut allergy that they have to disclose if they got nuts. For and sure. Something. Yeah, uh, uh, that that isn't what he was going for primarily with this book. But you see how that works. And then you see how, um, you know, how as history goes on, some of those things get scrapped. And as, uh, you know, the U.S. rises, it's able to throw aside some of this, these like social reforms and things like that, that it gets. And now we're at such a place where we're having the same conversations again yeah, about things that adapts. ought yeah. to have been settled. And of yep. course, you know. Of course, overseas and shit, the the people they exploit and that migrant labor and shit. I mean, it, it's uh, I you know, like it's not not like it ever really changed the real right. We we, we just outsourced it. You know, we we <laughs> sent it to another place. Uh, I mean, shoot, the 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 uh, Department of Labor admits that half a million migrant children work in the United States alone. So like, right. yeah. I mean, like, and that's what they're willing to admit. Yeah. So like, I you know, I you. Anyway, that that's you know, bleak <laughs> as hell, but uh, yeah, the 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 point stands. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, uh, yeah. What what other, do you have any other thoughts on Upton Sinclair? Like just as a guy, before we want to get into the book itself. Well, just um, that it is also you see like, um, and this is of course you're gonna have this at the time, but you you see the blind spots also um, uh, racially. Yeah. Um, yeah. And blind spots in and again this one i would attribute more to the to the time not not the racial thing because mm-hmm. uh, i mean there were plenty of people who weren't racist assholes back then yeah uh, but the the this like all this um being in awe of technology to the mm. point of like thinking it is um a savior uh, yeah and, and yep. like you see it in the in the end like in the beginning, it's it's like this this wondrous thing that sort of uh, helps folks see past the the butchery, you know, yeah. uh, or or whatever. But later, literal on, and figurative, yeah, right, right. Uh, but later on, it's it's still held on to as like this hope for, you know, as 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 why things could get better, um, you know, and and that's I mean, I still. You know, that that's a still a thing that um, socialists and 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 communists and lots of folks on the on the left, we all argue about uh, mm-hmm. all the time still. Yeah. You know? like, so, I like that he threw in the, the guy who was like, wait, y'all are both socialists. You're arguing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> who that's to thunk good, it? I'm glad. he. Yeah. Like, that's a really important <laughs> point because it's 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 in constant flux and that needs to be understood. Yeah. Uh, you know, so but, but yeah, like it, it's um seeing uh what a lot of those pitfalls were at that time when there was a lot of um left energy 
Uh, and, and it seemed like things could really change and, and things were just wild enough still in this country and open enough to where they could change. Now we've got a lot more systems in place to control folks and we need to be even more careful about the pitfalls. Uh, So I think it's cool to read about, you know, how he, you know, him, him as a person. And, and that's why I'm glad you went over, uh, the, the other parts of his life. I I didn't want to really get into it until we talked about it because yeah no i got that's you really interesting to me um mm-hmm. and and that's almost it almost is a lot like what i expected to, to be honest yeah with you, uh, now that you told me i um, I want to read oil though that, oh yeah 100 read oil now. and it's supposed to all be good you know like it's not everything he wrote is supposed to be real good uh well there will be so, blood is one of my favorite movies oh yeah all time there will be blood fantastic so, much. so i figured fantastic. i need to get into that absolutely uh yeah, I was going to just shoot. What was going to say? Um, nah, it doesn't matter. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. There will be bloods good. So, yeah, I would love to love to read oil. I know he he was on the oil trust for a while there. He had a lot to say about it. Um, so, yeah, he he's you know, he covered a, a wide range of topics. He's a, you know, very intelligent man, studied all sorts of things, knows what he knows his business, actually did the research before he wrote about folks. Um you know, so for sure, you know, a lot of appreciation for what goes into this, but yeah, we'll, uh, you know, we'll hop on into it. Um, right. so, you know, um, uh, you know, as always spoiler alert, I guess, I don't know. Uh, it's <laughs> the book came out well, a century ago. So, you know, <laughs> yeah, come on. <laughs> um, you had time, uh, but no, I actually, I, I could say that, but I actually hadn't read it until, uh, until for this pod i was supposed to read it or in high school it was offered as a potential like it was on a list of like 15 books we could read for like summer credit or something like that yep Yep. um so and i think i knew a couple people who did it um i i I doubt i don't really remember us talking too much about it um that was my experience with it was reading it in high school as part of like one of those um uh, summer reading type Mm -hmm. things but it but i might as well have not read it at all uh Shoot, and i feel like they probably give you the censored version too they had to have because yeah. the only thing i remembered was how gruesome you know the stuff in in the slaughterhouses uh yeah that's all i remembered yeah oh and it is gruesome <laughs> yeah it, uh, is. <laughs> it is yeah but um so yeah it starts off as uh you know all great stories do at a wedding um <laughs> you know we have uh you know it's a uh, it's I, I I can't do like a Lithuanian accent, but it's like Jorgis, right? That's how you. Uh, that's how I'm Jorgis. I've been str- so I did go into some of like the audio. They've actually got some cool uh, audio versions on YouTube okay. for free, and okay, just good. to hear what's and I still could not pronounce the last names. There's no. Oh, way. I'm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's just no way. But Jorgis is, yeah, I think, Jorgis. how you say it, right? Jorgis. Yeah. Yeah. Jorgis. yeah. Yeah. Some of some of the um, other names, not as much. Some of the Lithuanian names, but yeah, he's a. Jorgis is our main character, um, and he's a young man. I don't know know exactly how old he is. He's in his he's in his early teens or, or twenty or so. Um, he, he's he's not old, and he's getting married to uh, his sweetheart Ona. Um, and uh, yeah, they're uh, having a Lithuanian wedding feast. They these folks they moved from Lithuania. Basically, it was a situation where you know times were tough. Times are tough everywhere. Um, and Lithuania wasn't, you know, as a industrial developed country as the United States in the early 1900s. And it's going through this situation where there's this massive um, competition on the global stage, but they're still basically living in feudalism. Um, so they're, they're feel pressed and they're hearing about this place where there's all these riches. And, uh, you know, they hear about all the riches. They don't hear about all the downsides. They hear high wages. They don't hear high prices. Hmm. You know, they, they just figure it's going to be like here, but more money. Um so they and some of their family, they uh, they move they move from Lithuania. And at the time, you know, it, Lithuania would have been a pretty miserable place. It was part of the Russian Empire. I mean, so there was the fights going on with the Japanese. It was, uh, you know, Tsar Nicholas II was just a real bastard. Um, and, um, you know, as all the czars were, but him especially. And, of course, he would end up getting overthrown just a few years later. But um, at the time, uh, you know, if Jorgis... One asks if Jorgis had stayed in Lithuania, would it have been any better or would he have died in World War One? Who yeah. knows? Uh, yeah. Shoot, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, so they immigrate to Chicago because they hear the stockyards, you know, the meat packing industry. You can make all kinds of money there. And 
it's basically like as they approach it, they describe it almost like a. It reads almost like Lovecraft as they. I, as I was they gonna say it. like Lovecraft writing cyberpunk. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It, it's it's oh, God. <laughs> it's it's scary. Yeah. Uh, it's harrowing. And it talks about the smell of the place, and it talks about. It, and I don't know if you have you ever been have you ever been near a slaughterhouse like a big yes. one? Yes. Oh yeah. Yes. It's yes. it. I, I knew exactly what it was saying. Yep. Um, I've not spent. I've certainly not spent as much time as as this family did near one. But uh, I couldn't imagine living. You oh know what God. I mean? Like, and, and the way, you know, it's just, cause it's on a scale. Everything is just on a scale that they have never even thought of before. Mm, and they don't know. speak the language. Yeah. Um, yeah. They don't it's know the just, customs. It's crazy to imagine yeah, they, being in that position. Yeah, absolutely. And they're just kind of shuffled along. They're just telling folks we're trying to get to Chicago. They end up finding this one Lithuanian guy. They happen to know. Um, but yeah, they're just, they're, uh, they're they're walking around. They're finding it. And Jorgis, you know, he's uh he's there with it's it's him and his uh you know at the t- at the beginning fiance soon to be wife Ona and you know some of their some of their family. Uh, some of them are kids. Uh, he's got his father with him, uh, his mother in law, and uh, yeah, and it's and, and they're doing okay at first because Jorgis is just he's a he's a beast of a man. He's a real big guy. <laughs> Like I'm imagining, like like a Dolph Lundgren, like Rocky Four coming what from he Lithuania. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's just huge, you know. Yeah, just um, chunk us. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, people are talking about, oh, life's hard, and he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, <laughs> life's easy, uh, and it is for him at first, you know. Uh, and 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 uh, man, I, I'm I I can't help but think of myself uh, when I was 18 working at a factory because I was uh-huh. you know around that same age, big dude and. I, and I and I wasn't working there to like I I I had a place to stay and stuff, so I wasn't you know nobody was gonna starve on account of me. Right. But uh, I um would go. I was in there and I was kind of thinking like, man, I'm 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 the cream of the crop here or whatever around all these old guys. And it's like, yep. shoot, man, I'd been after I was there a month, I was a little hunched over. Like if I'd <laughs> been there however long some of these fellows have been there, I wouldn't have been looking half so good as they were. Yep. But, but I was imagining, I was imagining like, shoot, that's not not too far off uh well that's exactly what i come from as well like mm. and i know so many yurguses i mm-hmm. know so many yurguses i mean i was born in south alabama what nothing but yurguses around yeah. me you know what i mean and and like that the the competition they all have with each other get just get around the the men that still live down uh, my, I guess I'm still technically related to them. I don't really spend much time around it, but them fools that are still down there in any one of their conversations, and it is just a, you know, a constant one-upping of, you know, how much work I did, and how much work I can do. Yep. And, you know, it's 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 so crazy. You know, when reading reading that and reading how your how Jurgis's mindset was and how he, you know, was just like, oh, you can't work like me. We'll piss on you. You know. Yeah. I, it was just it's so Absolutely. crazy. Man, I remember that. I, I have so many dumb stories from that factory. That was. Uh, I don't miss it, but man, it's just I know exactly just the type the type uh-huh. you're talking about, and I like and I was to an extent, but I was just, uh, you know, the same way, and I'm just you know the situations just you know circumstances are different man we right. used to just all this stuff but they also the older guys there who the guys who had managed to be there for a long time they they knew they were still there because they hadn't thrown their back out so they would play it up they'd be like young buck i'm not strong enough to lift that over there. <laughs> man man 18 i'm bounding over there i'm inside i know they're probably still laughing at me uh, <laughs> it cracks me up oh man uh but yeah 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 um but yeah, so it's him, and and I'll run down the characters real quick. It's it's okay. they're all kind of they're they're not all super defined. You know, Jurgis is the most defined character because you're really inside his head for most of it, um, and he's you know he's a simple man. He just he wants to take care of his family. Um, he wants to take care of himself. You know, his big dreams are like owning a home. He doesn't have right. He doesn't have really big aspirations. He doesn't really have an idea of what making it is outside of having a home, having some comfort, um, and, and, you know, his kids getting to go to school and maybe get to be skilled laborers instead of, uh, whatever. And, you know, he's married to Ona and I mean, I'm not going to say Ona's last name. I don't yeah, know. Luckozite, something like that. Um, uh, apologies to, if we have any Lithuanian listeners, I know we don't. Um, <laughs> but yeah, she's, she's sweet. You know, she's a little younger than him. She's kind of frail, um, very pretty, but she's uh, like, she's, she's frail physically. I wouldn't say she's frail emotionally. Um, 
she, she's quiet. Oh, she's she's yeah. soft spoken, um, but she's um, you know, and and she's real enamored by Jurgis and strength and stuff, and she's you know a real believer in the project as well. Uh, and uh, you know, she she gets done pretty dirty. They all get done pretty oh, dirty. Oh God. <laughs> and who else we got? What what's uh Elsbieta, right? Is the, is uh, the El, Elsbieta, yeah, which Elsbieta. is a cool name. I think that's, that's a cool a good last name. name. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and then, no, the uh, it was funny. The Cliff's note just says describes her as one line: Ona's stepmother, and then she endures one tragedy after another. Never lives, <laughs> only survives. It's yep. like Jesus. Yep. But, <laughs> that's wow. yeah. That's Elsbieta. She's just she's the grandmother who who steps up basically like I, I don't know what else to say like yeah if, if you know if, if you've ever had like a an older woman who just goes through hell for everybody never down. complains yeah, yeah. just yeah. holds it down absolutely uh, that that's Elsbieta. um and then you have it's is it maria that's how i was thinking in my head uh since you know Jorgis, i'm pretty sure it's pronounced like that then yeah. that would, that's, makes sense maria yeah ona's cousin Ona's cousin and she's just she's a big strong woman she's like the female Yorgis basically <laughs> uh, and, and 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 she's big and strong and uh she has uh you know she has like a bit of a romance with the with a, a fiddle playing guy um and you know she's uh you know and, and, and she's also she's similar to Yorgis is like she's gonna make it happen and at first she really does have a lot of success uh you have Jonas not much to say about him it's Elsbieta's brother and he kind of, uh, he comes with his family and when things get hard, he takes off. Uh, and, uh, you know, I kind of expected him to roll back around. He just never really does. I did. Yeah, I did too. I did and too. Find him on the street or something, or he's yeah. going to like come to the rescue. I don't know. Yeah. Nah, no, he's, I don't know. What do you think happened to Jonas? So I think that that was to, well, this may be just, you know, in my head, but it, it was such a thing at that time to just, you know, take it on the road, yeah, change dip. your name. Yeah. Change your name and be a totally different person yeah. in a totally different place. And I think that was like um, just like an interesting thing about the time that, uh, you know, to make, make he wanted to make sure that he included that, like, hey, sometimes that's this is just how the way it goes, the way it goes with some folks. You just mm -hmm. dip, change your name, go to a whole new life and forget about, you know, because it does come up a couple of times. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and Jurgis does it for like a minute right. there. Yeah um a little bit different circumstances but still yeah yeah uh uh, uh and, and you get it you know while you're reading it you're like shoot like yeah. i understand you want to take off at least see some green or something you know yeah. go jump on a train yeah um but uh at least die not without the smell of rotten meat in your nose you know yeah. like, i Jesus. get it yeah i i get it uh and, and he uh and you know, like you were saying, there's no internet. There's no like, you know, social security is going to track you down. Like it's, it's, you, you can disappear relatively easily. You've got your papers, but I mean, they're just papers. That's it. Right. Yeah. Um, um and, and he probably didn't have papers in the first place being a probably Lithuanian not. immigrant. Yeah. So yeah. who, who, who knows? But, uh, you know, uh, I was, uh, I was thinking Joss and I always sort of talk about like, well, what if this had come out when there was like, you know, a big internet presence or been written? I was thinking, uh, shoot, there have been all kinds of like theories on, if it came out now, if on like, oh, Jonas is actually uh, Jack Dewan, and things like, people would be doing that shit. You know, they people would be doing that. Would. They definitely That would have been the perfect uh, mm -hmm. theory too, right? Yeah. Now, is, that, is that Jonas came back as uh, Jack Dwayne? Yeah, or whatever, the socialist speaker or, yeah. or something yeah. like that. Yeah, that would have been he's, it. <laughs> he's Jonas or, you know. But no, jo Jonas is gone. And, you know, uh, best of luck to him, I guess. Uh, yeah. <laughs> who knows? Yeah. Uh, and then you got uh, Anatis, that's Jurgis's Jod father. And I mean, he, uh, man, this, he made me so sad. Dude, that was the, that, oh man. That's the got, first real kick in the teeth, I think. Yeah, it got me bad. It got, mm. got me real bad because I kind of had a, a similar situation in my family. It was, yeah, yeah it, it's one of those things like, uh, and, the, and when it's mentioned, you know, and, and brought up uh, throughout the, he keeps mentioning, you know, back with his father in the forest. I just fucking lose it every yeah, time. Because <laughs> his dad gets there and he wants to work. He's like, I can work like any man. And it's like, but they only are choosing the best guys and they're throwing you out the second that you, you slack a second. And it, it doesn't matter how good you are or how good you think you are or how hard you want to work. And his dad ends up having to, you know, work down in some cellar and give half his wage to some asshole. 
who, who got him a job. And it's notable, you see from the beginning, that the people who are really making money in this town aren't the hard workers. The right. people who are making money are the people who know how to, like, you know, fuck over the hard workers. The hustlers, yeah. Mm. The grafters. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, you know, like the whatever. We call them grind set now, whatever you uh -huh. want to call them. But, like, the people who, like, they say work smarter, not harder, but what they mean is just exploit other people. That's, That's exactly not, what they mean. Yeah, they're they're and, and you know, and, and we'll get to it. But Jorgis later on has his most successful financial moment is when he's acts like just like that. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, Anatis, you know, very early in the novel, he, he dies of blood poisoning, um, just doing this shit job. Um, until the day he dies, he's like, I'm getting up tomorrow. I'm gonna go back to my job. And they don't. And, and Jurgis doesn't even tell him that he's lost his job because he knows everybody knows. And break just, his heart. Man. Yeah. And they name and they name his kid. Uh, oh, after. God. Yeah. And, like, shoot. <laughs> and I knew that kid was doomed from the yeah, moment. Oh, I know. Man. I know. As soon as it happened, I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. And then let's see. Then there's a bunch of like little kids. Um that I, the only one I really remembered was Stanislavus. Yeah, Stanislavus. Stanislavus, because yeah. yeah. he had a job. The other ones kind of like blend to get bleed together a little bit. Yeah. Um, some of them, some of them die of like, just I don't know, black mold or whatever. I, yeah. I, some bullshit in the house. Yeah. Um, and then Stanislavus gets eaten by fucking rats. Eaten by fucking rats. Like, like, how, like come on, man. Yeah. Man, if I, this was. <laughs> And I, you honestly can see that this was originally written and released as like a periodical, like coming out once a week. Yeah. Um, and people were reading the next chapter. Yeah. Because um, you feel it almost has like, it's not, I'm not like trying to insult it by saying it has almost a soap opera bit to it, but it has a bit of like, and then, and then, and then, and then yeah. to these yeah. people. But then you look at the numbers of how many kids would die before the age of 10 back then. And it's actually not. Actually, it's about right. That's it. I mean, yeah, this is a, a it would be an extreme case, just all of the stuff that happens to these folks. But I mean, you know, this stuff is is real shit. Yeah, I mean, it's you real know, stuff. when you're in these conditions uh, and, and I guarantee you there is a family who, you know, who got it just as bad. Oh, yeah. Out and there. Uh, and Upton Sinclair <laughs> said he said he was he only was pulling from stuff that actually happened. So like um you know God, which makes man. me feel sick to even you know yeah and, i know um but and stuff he heard about stuff he saw you know and he did this work for seven weeks not for one day you know seven weeks that that, that gives Ooh. you the time to like yeah you know yeah and i mean of course he gets to know he gets to leave he gets to whatever but even then you know he's he's in it he he meets these people he talks to these people yeah. um he's eating the poison meat you know yep. um yep. though kind of part of his point is we're all eating the poison meat that's kind of <laughs> part of the whole Yep. And then there's a bunch of, you know, little characters here, there. There's a, I like uh, Tamosius, who's like the violinist. Yeah, that was uh, a good character, too. He's, he's a, he's like a sort of just a, you know, he's kind of a cut up. He likes to play his violin. He's a little, he's a little quiet, except when the music's around, then he's the loudest fellow around. And him and, him and uh, Maria kind of have a relationship. Yeah, not a lot to say about him. I'm just trying to think of characters that, like, if there's what what's what needs to be said about. Yeah, um, I think that was pretty much like it, it, there in the beginning. Of course, you know, going yeah. uh, uh, once once things develop a little bit more, like you're saying, Jack Dwayne when he gets locked up, um, when Yergis gets locked yeah. up, things like that. And, uh, and honestly, like a lot of the novel doesn't have to be like super specifically summarized. It really is just them working and working and staying one step ahead of of death. It is. You know, they they um, they when they get there, they buy a house um, and the guy the guy who sells them the house completely swindles them. It's a situation where if they miss a payment, they miss, you know, they lose everything and and they don't realize about how the interest works. And they don't realize how the taxes work. And he spe specifically writes it to make it uh, in the in the house is a piece of shit that looked good when they sold it to him. Um, and nobody basically the idea is nobody actually gets to keep these houses. So they're really slaving away for this house that that that's killing them with consumption and is it doesn't have like proper sewer underneath it. And uh, yeah, know, the, I thought that shit. was an interesting scene when they, you know, when they realize that the paperwork says rent mm -hmm. uh, and not own and then they run to a lawyer. They tr she goes all the way out of her way to go find a lawyer to go over the document uh and then the real estate agent ends up knowing that fucking lawyer too yeah by his first fucking name yeah they all know each other and you see later <laughs> in the book 
Jurgis uh, Jurgis realizes all these people know each other. You know, yeah. like it's not it's a it, it's it's a club and you ain't in it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, um, but yeah, he uh, they 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 live in this house and you know they're they're working different jobs. You know, Jurgis is working on the factory floor and and he's and he likes his work well enough. Uh, it, it, it sucks because he's just like he's just trimming meat um and 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 he's not trimming meat he's 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 getting the meat trims and the entrails and he's like raking on them around and it's hot and it's steamy and there's a quote i want to read because it's it describes what the inside of the factory is like when they're looking at it um and it's uh and uh and and basically and it it's kind of like you know it's not subtle what it's trying to say um so i'll just i'll just read it. it's a little long but i think it's worth reading um quote and, and, and real quick he's looking over the factory and and he's just he's taking it all in right before he starts his job and it says quote one could not stand and watch very long without becoming philosophical without beginning to deal in symbols and similes and to hear the hog squeal of the universe was it permitted to believe that there was nowhere upon the earth or above the earth the heaven for hogs where they were re- requited for all the suffering each one of these hogs was a separate creature. Some were white hogs, some were black, some were brown, some were spotted, some were old, some young, some were long and lean, some were monstrous. And each of them had an individuality of his own, a will of his own, a hope and a heart's desire. Each was full of a self-confidence, of self-importance, and a sense of dignity. In trusting and strong faith, he had gone about his business, the white and the while a black shadow hung over him and a horrid fate wailed in its pathway. Now suddenly it swooped upon him and seized him by the leg. Relentless, remorseless it was, all his protests, his screams were nothing to it. It did its cruel will with him, as it, if his wishes, his feelings had simply no existence at all. It cut his throat and watched him gasp out his life. And now was one to believe that there was nowhere a god of hogs to whom this hog personality was precious, to whom these hog squeals and agonies had a meeting. Who would take this hog into his arms and comfort him, reward him for his work well done, and show him the meaning of his sacrifice? Perhaps some glimpse of all this was in the thoughts of our humble-minded Jurgis, as he turned to go on with the rest of the party and muttered, but I'm glad I'm not a hog, end quote. <laughs> you know, and, and, you know, of course, Upton Sinclair says, I know writers who use subtlety and they're all cowards. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know. Yeah, it, man, that's such a good, I think hog squeal of the universe mm-hmm. might be one of my favorite uh, little, little phrases. Just That'd be like a good album name, maybe. Yeah, it would. It would hog be. squeal of the universe. Hog squeal like of the universe. Like a punk rock or something. That'd be pretty dope. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was, that, I knew that part, after reading that part, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm gonna, one of us is gonna have to read that. Uh, you know, I absolutely. Knew. It's just, oh man, it's important because, like, God. and that, and that is, that is the thing of it because, you know, and it's of course you know have this actual horrible scene of all these animals dying. It's, it's brutal and terrible, and and and, and but also you know they're the, they are getting used like this, and in Yorgos, and all of them are worked and worked and worked at their various jobs, whether it's working in a cellar or painting cans or uh, scraping meat. Or, uh, you know, this, that, and the other, uh, making sausages, and they're worked until they can't work anymore or until it's not convenient. Um, you know, like Maria, uh, yep. as soon as they got, they painted enough cans, doesn't matter how good a job you're doing. In fact, you did such a good job, we don't need you anymore. Yep. They lay you off. Or Jorgis, they, uh, they only work them a couple hours a day, but make them stand out in the stockyard freezing half to death, getting below zero up there in Chicago. You know, he doesn't have any nice, nice clothes, nice mittens or any of that, any of that shit. He's, you know, it's it's a situation where you know he has moments where it's like oh we're trying thing we have moments where we feel like we're ahead and it it is like kind of quaint from the outside because they're feeling like they're ahead as maybe having a little bit of savings maybe for once being able to you know go grab a a meal at the bar without feeling like you're failing your family like that's his that's his ahead it's not Or oh, to buy the, the simple things that you need in a home. Like, yeah, that was one of anybody that's, you know, like, I know that hit for me when they were mm-hmm. talking about after getting the home and having, you know, well, now you got to put stuff in it. And, uh, yeah, and they had to rent their furniture, yeah, <laughs> rent furniture. And it's just like, God damn, I did all of this. I yeah, did man. all of this shit. And yeah, man, it, it's just so crazy. How and much- it's, 
<laughs> and they're and they're eating the and it's wild because they're 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 slaving away for food and you know the irony's not lost that they're making food all day you know mm-hmm. you you can't you know you can't lose that irony they're making the food and they're eating it and uh shoot it's a situation where it's like the food is garbage like and and it even says like uh now they thought they were fine eating sausage or, or whatever it was uh and they would have been if it was from lithuania but this was american right. food they yeah. rejected it in europe they'd send it over and uh that's one thing where it's interesting because you know um to this day the united states has some of the lowest standards for what passes in food and what gets mm-hmm. away with it and i mean you even have description in this book of the government inspector who uh when the meat's coming by he said he'll happily have a conversation with you for 20 minutes about how important his job is while the meat's just going by and by and by he's not <laughs> not taking a look at it yeah it's it's so crazy to think that that's another aspect too it's like uh the the way they they the saying they have uh they use everything but the squeal that's right uh and it's this it's the same case for for the workers too like they use every part of these workers um Mm -hmm. you know and every every moment of their time that they can have Mm -hmm. uh and every bit of life force uh, that these workers have it's and they do you know come back to it a, a couple of times about like you know so as Jurgis starts to see the parallels between uh you know and all the and all the fucked up ironies uh in all of it but and then again we still this is something that's still going on today um oh yeah you know it, it's uh and and most people are just like I know a lot of people who are well aware of it um and literally will tell you not to talk to them about it because yep. it grosses them out, you know? Yep. Um, but they'll, they would rather, you know, I don't, I would rather just keep doing it, you know, keep eating it or whatever, mm-hmm. not, or keep whatever part of this, you know, uh, the situation you're in. If you're one of the workers, it's like people get mad at you. If you try to tell them like, Hey, these motherfuckers are using you like a damn steer, like a hog, mm-hmm. you know? And it's hard because it's hard to think of it. You know, if you yeah. don't have a solution, then you're like, you'd rather not think. Yeah. But here's the thing I noticed when I was reading it is multiple times uh, in the last couple chapters, it mentions either Jurgis or one of the socialists giving like a great cry. And it's almost like that squeal of the hog they couldn't use is being like claimed by the workers. It's given yeah. that you're given That's that cry here. And it's that, you know, the guy who's uh the guy on the stage who's speaking, he even talks about like, and I'll quote him later, but he talks about like the cry of the working man. And it's kind of like, yeah, that's the, that's the squeal that they yeah. couldn't sell. Yeah. Um, and they, and they got it, but it's, and that's, what's important. But yeah, no, I know exactly what you're saying. And I, I mean, shoot, like, I mean, when I worked, uh, you know, worked at Chili's, like some of the fry cooks wouldn't eat the food they cook. Cause they knew, <laughs> they, uh-huh. knew they knew what those uh, news and, and that's, and I, and I'm not, you know, uh, it, it depends on the chilies. I'm just saying this yeah, specific, right, I'm yeah. not telling you not to eat a chilies. Uh, <laughs> it should probably be sanitary. This was a special situation here. Um, mo- and, and, but, but it was like just to that general, like, you know, people are generally workers at least are generally aware of the bullshit. Like they're not, like even when Jurgis gets there, it doesn't take him long to realize that his like original opinions are wrong. Right. It's just kind of like, well, man, what, what do you want me to do? Yeah. Um, and- Once you uh, at first, it, it was the you know, okay, that all may be true, it may be shit, but I'm a goddamn king. Look at my yeah, fucking, I'm buff as fuck. Yeah, you know, I'm not worried about this shit. I got yeah. it. I'm, and we'll then he see, stops buddy. eating that Lithuanian <laughs> diet. You know, he stops yep. eating that forest diet. <clears throat> yeah. Stops hiking, working on railroads and all that, what he was doing up there. And, uh-huh. and starts, you know, taking care of his family and, and breathing in whatever the hell chemicals. Yeah. And, 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 and it starts bringing him down. And, uh, you know, and they go through ups and downs, you know, after, the, after his father dies, things are hard. But, you know, uh, Timosius, the, 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 uh, the, the musician, the musician, he kind of brings some levity to it. And, yeah. and, uh, Jurgis, he gets some hope working with the union. Um, you know, he's like, Oh, the union will take care of me. They don't, they don't, they don't really do too much for him no. at this point, but, um, you know, he doesn't realize, you know, how, how it all works, but this idea of, Oh, we're all going to stand together. That's important to him. But, uh, unfortunately nobody really can stand for him when he finally, uh, when he has this really, Obviously, his father dying is a, this big blow emotionally, but his first big blow where it's like, oh, shoot, we're going to end up on the street is when a cow breaks out and it, it breaks his arm or dislocates yeah. his arm. 
Um, or is it his leg or is it his arm? I thought it was his shoulder, I think. Yeah, because he says he pulls on it and pulls it back. No, wait. No, it was his ankle. No, it's later. Ankle. Yeah, it's an ankle because later yeah, he ankle. hurts his arm. You're right. Ankle. It was the ankle. He goes, yeah, it's his ankle here. It's his arm later. Yeah. Um, yeah, he breaks his ankle and he just goes through this absolute hell of just having to sit around um, and watch his family, you know, fall apart and watch his wife. You know, she does not need to be. And, and, and at this point, she's she's had a, a little son. And he loves a son, little Anatus. But um, it's like now she's sick because she never really recovers from giving birth to him. Um, and, uh, you know, the snows are high. This is Chicago and they're. Um, people are getting sick and the kids are terrified and little, the one little kid is having to work, put lard and buckets and, and Jurgis has to, you know, lay there on the bed and he's just, you're seeing Jurgis who this, this positive spirit. It's interesting because at the beginning he's optimistic. And then when he loses the optimism, he becomes positive and we're going to work to change it. And you're starting to see him like lose that like edge. And you're starting to see right. him for the first time, like be a dick, but he's like kind of, I mean, you, you have trouble, you know you have trouble blaming him for it at this point. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the, the shit he's gone through. Right. Yeah. And I mean, like come, there's no um, way for him to educate himself about any of this stuff. Really. Yeah. It's, it's all just shit happening to him. Uh, so like, you know, and, and he is just like a, a regular simple ass dude. So it's not like his, the solutions that he comes up with whenever he gets in these situations can be very, have much nuance to them or, you know, it's just, Honestly, he it's just fight. That's all he knows. Yep. Really. And 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 then you see after a while of fighting, you know, it you it it hardens your edges. <laughs> yeah, it wears him down. And I mean, like he's struggling and it gets worse and worse, struggling not to drink too much. And he's struggling uh, you know, with how he treats his family. And he even has a little incident, not little incident. He has an incident with um man, the kid with the long name, Stan Stanislavus. Stanislavus, where my heart, man, where the kid, the kids, you know, terrified to go to go because he's gotten frostbite and and Jurgis just is like knows that they're the kid doesn't really realize the stakes that that they're going to starve to death or be turned out of their home. And Jurgis is telling him he has to go and Jurgis beats him and makes him go. And and and, and you see like how this like system is is Mm -hmm. is really is is really intruding and and is ripping up this family that really just are, are are genuinely like just decent folks they show they do a good job that was probably i think one of the most important aspects that's that needs to be screamed from the mountaintops today that people need to realize i think and a good reason to read this book is show how capitalism poisons the family yeah uh, it's just there's no way to have a family and in that system, I mean, it's just, it's, yeah. it's going to try to eat it. It is going to try to eat it. Yeah, absolutely. And it doesn't uh, shy away and be like, and Jorgis through the whole time was always good and he never did anything bad. Like it doesn't no. do that. That no, would have also been, that would have also been, you know, a failure of the book, right. but that doesn't do that. No, he, he, he behaves horribly. does some pretty terrible things in this book. A lot of them do, but you also see exactly why you see the mm-hmm. cause and effect. It makes me think of like in the Communist Manifesto, Marx even says, and I don't know the quote exactly, but he says one of the things they decry is the communists seek to destroy the family. He says, I say you have already destroyed the family by making it an economic unit. And right. I thought that was interesting. Like, that is a all- great point. Yeah. Yeah. And um, and it remains true. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Jorgis eventually recovers, but uh, and he, he can't really go back to work where he used to. So he ends up he ends up working in. Um, in the fertilizer mill and that Whoa. part is oh my god god man. damn <laughs> and i mean and it's just i, I mean I'll, I'll, i've got a quote on this too because it's just i can't say it without i i just he, he says it best um and this isn't as long as the last one but this is uh this is quote he was working in the steaming pits of hell day after day week after week until now there was not an organ of his body that did not work without pain until the sound of ocean breakers echoed in his head day and night, and the buildings swayed and danced before him as he went down the street. And from all the unending horror of this, there was a respite, a deliverance. He could drink. He could forget the pain. He could slip off the burden. He would see clearly again. He would be master of his brain, of his thoughts, of his will. His dead self would stir in him, and he would find himself laughing and cracking jokes with his companions, and he would be a man again and master of his life, end quote. Oh, God, man. Because he's working with literal shit now. Like literal just, shit. Yeah. The worst. All day. 
Yeah. And, and, oh man, the way they talk about having to leave the place open because it just, they're just breathing it in all mm-hmm. the time, just constantly. No, he went in his first uh, day, his first day he almost passes out in the first half hour and they tell him he'll <laughs> get used to it. And I mean, he kind of does, but like his every cool. organ is infected with it. And it even says till the day he dies, he was a fertilizer man, which is interesting because mm-hmm. he's not in the literal sense. He only does it for like, I don't know, a year or two, but it's, literally he it is in him like he yeah. is not getting it out of him it said to get the smell out of him he would have to literally sweat because it's so in his pores yeah like you'd have to sweat multiple times to like get all the, the gunk out of him um and i mean and he was like even when he was unemployed he was like terrified that he was gonna get hired because the place is just that bad um yeah. i mean and, and 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 he does it, you know, to like his credit, he does it and, and it's driving him to alcoholism and it's driving him to misery. And of course, he comes home and he's, you know, smelling like the thing out of a swamp uh, yep. or whatever, like um, or and everybody, everybody is in bad spirits at this time. By the time they get home, you know, oh, yeah, everybody's coming home from shitty, horrible fucking jobs and mm-hmm. and. Everybody is just so completely broken by the time yep. they get there that there's just no, you know, there is no more, uh, well, a little bit of levity they can find, you know, uh, it just, there's no time for that shit, you know, yeah, and, and, and wants Maria, to be around each other. Maria and, um, you know, the musician, they're like, they keep having to put off their marriage. Um, and, you know, I think at one of these points, one of the little kids dies of, of something like just some, some disease or another, it's not super like expounded on there's honestly so many of the little kids it, that that yeah. part's a little hard to keep track of and it, it's kind of like um and um and you know elvietta just kind of bears it and it's yep. it's a situation where um you know it's 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 all you know at its absolute oh the kid the kid dies of food poisoning that's right that's yeah, right the that's youngest child is. the youngest the uh, handicapped the, kid the, yeah yeah and and only Elzbieta really even cares is the yeah. sad thing like they care but they're like we don't have time to be but like, he this. was a trouble he was you know a lot to deal with and that mm-hmm. God, that just thinking about how they were when they first started to then you know we ha- haven't really been there that long and then now no, they're already like a couple well, years maybe a, a kid's dead and we you know, it's it's just one less burden off of us. That's how a lot of them think of it. Mm-hmm. And they say the work is becoming more demanding and the wages are falling, you know, because it talks about the speeding up. And then they realize if we speed up the work, we work them less hours and we pay them less for more work. It's just like, yeah. And they got this army of surplus labor right outside <laughs> folks who were just below. And it's like, hey, you slip up. There's a guy who will take your place in a minute. Yep. Uh, and, uh, you know, these folks on folks on the street would be happy to have your shit job and then it's this idea of like uh you know well what do you do even a strike is difficult to carry out even if you all do it because there's an army of guys and nobody blames nobody can blame them for wanting for wanting work and being willing to work for a penny less or whatever and all the gangster shit that that these type of systems like create all the he calls them graphs but yeah like all the little gangster hustles and shit the systems that these that these things create um you know whether it's uh the like okay when you've got all these people who will do anything for a job and um you know people working their asses off uh scared that they're gonna lose it there's all kind of hustles that come up in that desperation and and 100%. they explore a lot of them uh they no, yeah and a lot of them. at every corner there's somebody who will take a who will you know it will get you a job if you pay him a quarter of your money. There's mm-hmm. a, a guy who will pay you a half a dollar to vote 10 times for a candidate. Mm-hmm. There'll be a, you know, a union guy who gets paid by the bosses to let them know what's what, mm-hmm. um, you know, there there's, you know, and then you have the bosses, uh, you know, the, the men who are running things. And it's interesting how it divides. They're divided. These like, and they're not white collar, but what we would think of sort of like a PMC, like a, you know, mm-hmm. an educated guy. They're also, you know, they don't make any money relatively. Really? Either. Yeah. Uh, um, I mean, like it has some kind of quote where it says, uh, yeah, here, here's a, here's a quick part where it says a poor devil of a bookkeeper who had been working in Durham's for 20 years at a salary of $6 a week and might work there for 20 more and do no better would yet consider himself a gentleman, you know, and <laughs> yep. they never talk to each other because he's yep. a, he's Chicago born. He's not going to talk to these polls, these right. and whatever. Uh, and he's gonna, um, 
you know, and, and he makes no, he makes maybe a little bit more money than Jurgis. Yeah, he's got uh, just enough to wear better clothes and eat at better restaurants, but that's it. That's you know, it's crazy. He looks down at Jurgis and says, "Well, I'm better than him." And Jurgis looks down at the guy on the street and says, "Well, I'm better than him." Right. And so, and then they none, they don't all grab hands and look up. That's, right. Which is 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 what you know that that's kind of the point, but you know that's it's what it keeps him from doing. It's kind of like a. I've heard the point that, you know, you have folks in offices who are exploited, but they can, they can, you know, call an Uber, they call, you know, DoorDash and they've got their little, like, whatever, like, you know, app servant who comes and helps them. <laughs> um, and, 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 um, and then you've got the people working the app jobs and they got the homeless folks and, right. and they're like, well, what am I going to do? At least I'm, I'm not going back to that. Yeah. Yeah. And again, they're not, you know, not grasping hands. y'all that is the end of part one of our jungle discussion please come back next week for part two and until then i am begging you like i am begging you stay away from diseased meat okay it's got really negative effects if you can also stay away from buying um scam houses stay away from breaking your ankle and then working on it uh, stay away from joining uh union busting armies uh, stay away from uh, leaving your country and moving to Chicago um, on the promise of wealth only to find uh, nothing but misery. And if you can, just generally stay away from the meatpacking district. Okay, appreciate y'all. See you next week.